when we get to the midlife season and the kids are starting to leave the nest and we're starting to, you know, recognize that things aren't where we want them, I think the world says then it's time to be done with the relationship. But I, I believe that's absolutely a lie. It's not what God has for us. I believe that what that tells us is it's time to get to work on the relationship. Hi, friends. This is your co-host of the Midlife Moms podcast, Brenda Yoder, and I'm excited to have the second part interview with Jill and Mark Savage. Jill is the author of Empty Nest Full Life, and both Mark and Jill are the author of No More Perfect Marriages, in addition to 12 other books, I believe, that you have written. Is that right, Jill? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. We're so glad to have you. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, we love it. So friends, if this is the first time you're listening to this episode, I want to encourage you to go back to part one of our interview with Jill and Mark Savage as we talked about some slow fades in marriages. They talked about how unmet expectations and being defensive are some key cracks in the foundation of a marriage that can end up in crisis, uh, which is what happened in their marriage. Uh, Mark so vulnerably shared about how he had an affair and Jill shared how she stood in the gap for her marriage and, and would not give up. And so we want to encourage you to go back to listen to that episode as we specifically talked about how those and other situations can really be very specific to midlife marriages. But today we're going to talk about the other part of midlife, which is the empty nest and I think um, we're all of a generation who remembers kind of some of the, the stereotypes of empty nest or midlife crises when we are growing up. And when I think of empty nest or midlife crisis, I think of like men wearing shirts that are unbuttoned, you know, to, mm -hmm. to mid chest and they're wearing gold jewelry and the different different storylines that would be on the love bow or, you know, just different things, different scenarios we all bring with us. Yep. But um, there really are some issues that are very specific to marriages that can be a crisis as couples really come upon the empty nest or are in the empty nest. And I know from being a counselor, especially for children of, of marriages who break up after the children are at home, that, you know, divorce or separation, even after the children are adults, really is heartbreaking and damaging to the whole family. Right. You know what? It's interesting, Brenda, because during our crisis, when Mark left, um, we had three young adult children in their 20s and two teenagers still at home. Mm -hmm. And you would think that it would have affected our two teenagers still at home far more than our kids in their twenties. Mm -hmm. And that is not true. No. Um, all five of our children were absolutely heartbroken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were devastated. And we have, um, in fact, we, you know, another blog post we have is one called straight talk to the person thinking about leaving their marriage. And oftentimes when people are thinking about leaving their marriage, particularly in the empty nest midlife years, they think, you know what? The kids will be fine. Right. They'll be fine. They'll understand. They're, they're old enough. Yeah. It, you know, they're resilient. Yeah. All that. And they're it's not. all baloney. Yeah. It is. 
Yeah. It's all baloney. It, it will affect them no matter if they are 12 or 22 or 42. Right. It yeah. will affect them. And so um, I think that that we really have to be aware of that. We've also sat across from so many couples whose parents divorced and, and these were divorces that happened in these kids uh, adult years mm -hmm. and they were just still traumatized by it and I saw that in my own choices that my kids were just absolutely devastated yeah I think from talking to people that I have heard those stories from also there's almost a sense of was my whole life a lie oh right yes yes you know when they're growing up in a home that they believe this is my family. This is what I believe to be true about life and about God and about who I am. And then to see that marriage break up, um, they don't approach it from an adult standpoint. You know, their children are not um, separate from the family system. I mean, it's not like mm -hmm. there's a disconnect. And so let's just talk about you know, I think as adults, as we approach the empty nest, we have a lot of dis disillusionment. And you guys talked about this in the last episode, you talked about kind of these unmet expectations and this discouragement that I think midlife marriages really experience. Yeah. And when we talk to moms at the empty nestful life retreat, and Jill, you talk about just all the different emotions and things that are going on, especially for women during the midlife. And I think men are going through their own experiences. Um, what are some of the, you call them gaps, I believe. What are some of yeah. those gaps that you talk about in your um, book, Emptiness Full Life, that you see marriages experience? One of the things that um, I think that is really important, and we kind of we kind of left off in our last one about this, when we feel like we are miles apart and we feel like we don't love each other, I think the world says then it's time to be done with the relationship. Mm -hmm. But that's I, I believe that's absolutely a lie. It's not what God has for us. I believe that what that tells us is it's time to get to work on the relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when we get to work on the relationship, what we're doing is we're recognizing that our kids have been a buffer yes. for our relationship. They've kept us busy and we haven't had time to really uh, step back and look at the health of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when we get to the midlife season and the kids are starting to leave the nest and we're starting to, you know, recognize that things aren't where we want them, then it is a growth opportunity. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we want to do is we want to recognize these gaps. We want to go, what gaps are in the relationship? Okay. And so some of them that I write about in, um, empty nest full life is the not having fun gap. Okay. We have stopped having fun together right. because our activities have centered around our kids. So we attended their ball games. I mean, we had bleacher butt dates, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what you did for a long, long, long time. And we don't even know how to have fun as a couple. 
mm-hmm. because we, we didn't, we haven't had time for that in so long. So that becomes a gap and we have to go, okay, what does fun now look like in this season of our life? And it may be returning to things we enjoyed doing when we were dating or when we were first married, but maybe those things don't even interest us anymore. Mm -hmm. So we have to find new ways of having fun together. So definitely that having fun gap is one that needs to be explored and we need to recognize that is normal and it's not unusual at all. So now you get to um, do some exploring, you get to uh, share ideas, you get to try new things and then uh, discover what having fun looks like in these empty nest years. Yeah. And you know, what I found personally that I, I had to share with my husband was, um, as, as we had more and more time together, just the two of us, even Mm -hmm. before our youngest was gone, I wasn't ready for us to do everything together. Mm -hmm. You know, I, like you, Jill have been parenting kids over an extended period of time. And as you know, my job as a caregiver, as a counselor, so I'm all, I always have people who are like needing something from me. Right. And Mm -hmm. I just remember one time I had to tell my husband, it's not that I don't want to be with you. Like I'll get there. Yeah. But, But every time that, that we're home by ourselves or that we're there's, there's not, you know, our youngest one around, it's not that I'm rejecting you, but I just need some time to myself. Like I, I haven't had time to myself. And, and I began, I was a young mom. I had my first one at 23. And I think having that conversation and really voicing um, what I could recognize could maybe be rejection to him was really not rejection. It was just, hey, let's talk about what this new normal for us looks like. Because right. what my expectations are and what my needs are right now might be different from yours. And it may come across as though it's, it's something personal to you. And it really wasn't. Yes. Right. Oh my gosh. That's I, so important. I think what you just identified too, is the communication gap that mm-hmm. happens in midlife that, uh, we kind of settle into, uh, communication mediocrity. We just kind of, we stop talking uh, about those heart things. And mm-hmm. so the communication gap is so important that we bridge that by taking the risk, by grabbing hold of what we call the God tool of courage and having those conversations. Yes, I would agree. That communication gap is we've, we've just gotten into maybe some bad habits yeah. of communication mm-hmm. and, and you know what you you could let them slide because you were busy enough mm-hmm. to keep things going. Right. But now that the kids are gone or somewhat gone, those become kind of glaring. Yeah. And so we have to, um, we really have to start. That's a place to grow. So what am I, you know, do I make assumptions? Am I defensive? Am I asking for what I need or am I just accusing? Um, those are places of growth. Do I push information to my spouse or do I want them to pull it from me? Wow. Um, that's, that's a huge one right there. So do I push information towards them or do I expect them? And, you know, 
I think as women, we almost look to our spouse, especially when their kids are gone to really nurture us in the way that we just kind of naturally received something back from our kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Like like all of a sudden my husband who really hasn't paid attention to me for 20 years is supposed to look at me and know that I'm sad or that I'm, (laughs) you know, right. Because some, you know, for some of us, our kids kind of had a little bit of a, they kind of mirrored us sometimes. I mean, most kids don't come out and ask, Hey mom, what's wrong. But at the same time, they know how to read our cues And in some ways as moms, we have relied on those relationship, um, deposits. Yeah. With our children, Mm -hmm. when really we probably should have been looking towards that with our spouse. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And pushing information to them, not expecting them to read your mind or even, uh, okay, here's an example. Mark's sitting here um, for the, our listeners that are watching this on video, he has a horrible cold and he's trying not to cough. So he's eating cough drops. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now somebody watching that might think how rude that he's sitting there eating on this interview, but you don't know that he's eating cough drops. Okay. Right. So sometimes our spouse may make assumptions about something if we don't fill the gap for them. And if we don't push information to them, for instance, Uh, let's just say I have had a rough day at work and I walk in the door and I'm grouchy. Okay. And I say, if I say to him, and this is pushing information, you know what? I want you to know I had a really rough day at work. I am going to do my best to not bring that home. But if I'm irritable at all, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Right. That's pushing information to our spouse rather than, you know, just staying inside my head and I, and I, you know, maybe answer him sharply and he doesn't even know what hit him. Like, Mm -hmm. what did I do? And he didn't do anything, but by pushing that information, I let him know ahead of time, Hey, it's been a rough day. Um, I'm really trying hard to not bring it home, but I'm, I'm sorting through this in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't you find that, especially as midlife moms uh, in the empty nest, that that's even more important. I know for myself, I've really tried to do exactly that as I recognize kind of the fluctuation of feelings and experiences that I'm personally going through. So for example, uh, a couple of weeks before we're recording this right now, I just had a really weepy day. There was, there were some things in our family that triggered just mm-hmm. this sadness. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I cried, not like bawling, but I was teary almost the whole day. And so I texted my husband for, before he came home from work and just said, like, like, like weepy mom alert is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, so that when he came home and he is probably excited to be home, he's real happy. He doesn't walk in with this downcast wife who feels, um, it was one of those really, I guess, I don't know if it's hormonal, but it was a, it was one of those days, Mark, that you mentioned last time that there was an element of like hopelessness there. Yeah. Like, I know I'm not there all the time, but that particular day, there was, there were just so many things that collided. Mm. You know, I think as midlife women, 
in the empty nest, there are all of these things that we are experiencing that our husbands may or may not understand Mm -hmm. and filling that communication gap. I think, don't you think is incredibly important? It is because if we don't, then it's possible our spouse will fill it in wrong. In fact, that's a slow fade that we've identified as a slow fade of assumptions Mm -hmm. and assumptions happen when a situation happens. And when we assign a meaning to that situation, now it may not be a correct meaning, but unless we know something different, unless that gap is filled for us, we'll wrongly fill it on whatever is logical in our mind. Yeah. We'll assign meaning or we'll guess as to what it could be. And And then we operate based upon that meaning. Right. As if all of that is truth and it's not anywhere close. We just had this happen um, a couple weeks ago. This was a funny, it was a funny thing. Um, Mark walked into the bathroom and he said to me really quick, we were kind of in a hurry and he goes, did you shower? And he said it like that. I don't think I said it like that. He said it like that. No, I don't think so. And it sounded like an accusation. Mm -hmm. Okay. To me. (laughs) And I'm thinking, do I smell like, does he not think I shower every day or nearly every day, you know? And so he jumps, I said, yes. And he jumps right in the shower and gets his shower. And I'm going, why did he ask me that? I, so I start to like, so I'm filling in the gaps, right? Do mm-hmm. I stink? Does he not think that I've, I take a shower on a regular basis? And so here's what we've learned to stop assumptions and to stop those gaps ask your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So he steps out of the shower and I go, why did you ask me if I had taken a shower? And he said, because I wanted to know if there was hot water on the second level. Ah. (laughs) We live in an old farmhouse and uh, it takes a long time. But look where I went. I made it about me stinking. I made it about what he thought about me. And it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with hot water. Right. So oftentimes what we, in those moments where we, there is a gap and we are starting to fill that in and we catch ourselves, if we can ask our thoughts and we can ask, you know, so my thought was, why did he ask me that? Right. So I just asked him that, Mm -hmm. why did you ask me that? And, and I got my answer and guess what? We were fine. But had I not asked that question, I think I would have felt accused by him and I would have started interacting with him as if he had accused me of something. Sure. And that brings us, you had mentioned about that defensiveness and those unmet expectations. So um, as kind of our time is getting to a close here, I want you to mention just a few more of those gaps that are very specific to empty nest um, marriages. And Mm -hmm. I want to really point people to the resources that you have for empty nest marriages, kind of as we finish out this episode. Mm -hmm. Well, there's two more gaps. One is the emotionally connecting gap. And so we, you know, again, because we have been very busy with kids, we stop emotionally connecting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've operated at a surface level. Now we need to go deep again. Right. And don't you think that some couples may never have started that emotional connection? Oh, right. Yes. I think that it's, it may have been shallow for a long time or maybe even forever. And now is an opportunity to go deeper. 
Um, and so that is scary, mm -hmm. but it is so exciting when you experience a depth of relationship. And, you know, we uh, offer our hope, hope renewed uh, marriage intensives, which is when a couple feels very far apart actually sometimes healthy couples come to it just so that they stay healthy. But oftentimes it's more couples that feel distance. They're either in crisis and it's so fun to watch them literally over three days mm -hmm. go from surface to deep and the connection that they start to feel with each right. other um, is, is palpable. Like, you know, you can really, you can feel it and, and you can, um, experience the excitement that they have for a, a deeper connection than what they've had either in a long time or ever in their marriage. Yeah. So Jill, I want you to, to talk about those in just a minute, but go ahead and share that fourth yeah. uh, big gap. And then I want you to circle back around and let our listeners know about your intensive services that you provide while we finish up here then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the fourth gap is the sex gap and, um, the sex gap is, um, exactly that, you know, oftentimes you've let that physical relationship slide, um, it, or it's, um, it's gotten more complicated with aging and yeah. issues that happen Hormones. with aging. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we find that oftentimes when couples don't know what to do with that, or it gets too complicated, they just let it go. Yeah. And it's too hard. I don't want to mess with it. And that is not healthy for your relationship. So, you know, in, you know, to close that sex gap, you may need to have some conversation with your doctors. You may for the first time need like external lubrication for uh, sex that you didn't need in, in your early years, but your body is changing now. Mm -hmm. So you have to uh, learn about that change and make the adaptations that need to happen um, so that you can continue to enjoy the beautiful gift of sex. Mm -hmm. So when a couple comes um, to your intensive services, uh, let us know what that looks like, because I think they're fabulous because you do them in your home. And I just right. think that that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. we uh, we host one couple at a time and uh, they arrive. Uh, the schedules vary, but I'll just talk about this schedule just for mm -hmm. convenience. But they'll arrive uh, Friday and then we'll do dinner together Friday night at five. And uh, we'll meet till about nine. And then Saturday we'll do uh, we'll do lunch and dinner together. And but and we'll meet. Yeah, we have sessions all day, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh -huh. We do take a big break in the middle of Saturday afternoon and then in sessions on Sunday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Right. So there's about 18 hours of coaching mm -hmm. um, during one of those weekends. Yeah. Um, and uh we start, uh, we like to say that a couple comes to us with a 1.0 relationship, but they want to become a 2.0. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we do is we identify what does, what's happening in 1.0. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what would 2.0 look like? And then that helps us to know the places that we need to begin to tackle and sure. sort through. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we began to dig into those slow fades and we, um, talk about rebuilding trust because quite frankly, even if you haven't had something big happen, 
oftentimes you break trust with each other by not listening well or not communicating well, um, uh, maybe by minimizing concerns that are brought up. So we talk through that. We do what we call clean up on aisle 10. And um, that's where we clean up junk that has been carried around in the relationship for a long time. And it's really been hurting and you don't even recognize that it's come between the two of you. Um, And, and then ultimately we send them home um, equipped with what we call God tools. And the God tools are um, where we apply God's word um, and the tools that he gives us to better uh, respond to each other in marriage. We love doing our hope renewed marriage intensives. It's our, Mm -hmm. it's really our favorite thing to do. Well, and I just want to advocate for them, um, especially as a therapist, because a lot of couples, um, find it difficult to go to marriage counseling. Um, marriage counseling can be, I'm not, um, discouraging any couples from that, even, um, even if they were to do an intensive and then follow up with, with marriage counseling more in their right. home location, but really having that intensive time to identify the problems and to have, have it be all together there, but then walk through the different things that really need to be worked through without mm-hmm. doing a session, then going apart and then coming back together. So where- that is the beauty of the intensive for right. sure is that you just it's like we can keep building on each other and we can keep connecting dots and they don't get disconnected in between sessions. I I think you're right. That's the beauty of it. The other part that I love that we offer is it's couple to couple. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we really, um, the guys are able to connect. The gals are able to connect. We have different personalities that connect in different ways. Mm -hmm. So, um, I love that, that piece of it as well. Right. Yeah. So w- where can they find out all of your marriage resources, including the marriage intensives? You want to share with us about that? Yeah. Um, well, you can, you can get there at uh, jillsavage.org. And if you just click on marriage, it'll give you a drop down and it'll give you all kinds of um, resources. You can also go to nomoreperfectmarriages.com and nomoreperfectmarriages.com has it all on one page. Um, and, and you can see all the different resources. Um, we've got free resources. We have our courses, we have our coaching and our marriage intensives all listed there. And if somebody has the Bible app, um, on their phone, which so many of us have the Bible app, we actually have a, a devotional on the Bible app. It's called 10 days to a better marriage. So that's also a great uh, place uh, to get started with some encouragement. Great. And they can grab both of the books that you have mentioned. Mm-hmm. They can grab your book, No More Perfect Marriages, and also um, Empty Nestful Life, where you talk mm-hmm. about all of these marriage gaps and everything related to Empty Nestful Life. Um, I also want to direct them to the Empty Nestful Life Facebook group, where mm-hmm. moms and women who are in the Empty Nest season can share with each other about everything related to the Empty Nest. And also point them to the Empty Nestful Life Marriage Retreat in 2022. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that is in Holland, Michigan. And it will um, be the first weekend in October, 2022. And um, Holland, Michigan is a beautiful place to explore. So we wanted to go somewhere that um, was a little bit of a getaway. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so to mix um, both the 
uh, retreat and uh, having a little bit of getaway time for a couple to have somewhere neat to explore. So Mm -hmm. we're excited about that. And our hope is that you will be a part of that as well, Brenda. Planning on it. I have it on the calendar and I'll bring my husband with me um, as we need all of those things that you've just talked about because (laughs) um, I have said often in my marriage, like, this is hard when I have to like be the facilitator and, but then I'm part of the problem too. So, (laughs) right. Um, Yeah. 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 So So what we plan to do for that event is the Friday night and Saturday will be our normal, no more perfect marriages retreat, um, which we do literally, we've done it all over the world and, um, we love doing that. And then emptiness couples or close to emptiness couples will stay an extra day for day three on Sunday, where we will dig into more of the dynamics of the empty nest marriage, um, uh, forging a relationship with those adult kids. And that's where um, you're going to play a part in that as well. Mm. Well, I just want to say thank you for spending time with us. And Jill and Mark, I could just sit with you and visit um, all the time because you both have such, um, such a heart for people, but mm-hmm. your, your practicality and your authenticity, I think is what draws people to you. And so right. any, um, any mom who has been blessed by your books, uh, any marriage that has been blessed by what you two are doing together, um, is just such a testimony to the Lord. I love it that you both are just like, everyone else who's struggling through life. Mm -hmm. And, and Jill, as you said before you, your ministry really flows out of your own experiences as you have just gone through life's experiences and you share with us um, what you learn. And we appreciate that so much. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining us here on the midlife moms podcast, Jill and Mark Savage. Thank you. Thank you. If you like this episode or any other episodes, please feel free to leave a review and you can join us also with all of our other Midlife Mom topics on the Midlife Moms podcast. You can find us on Instagram and on the Midlife Moms Facebook community. It's a group called Midlife Moms Community and Podcast. So thank you, everyone. Um, We will talk to you later and please go and check out Jill and Mark's resources at jillsavage.org. Thank you. Bye-bye.